Welcome to the Artelligence Podcast. I'm Marion Manneker, and we're going to explore the mysteries of the global art market. The Mnuchin Gallery has an exhibition of the American minimal artist Robert Mangold. Titled A Survey 1965-2003, to the show opens on February 14th with a reception from 6 to 8 p.m. The Friday before the show opened, during a snowstorm in New York City, I spoke to gallery owner Robert Mnuchin. Thank you for the, uh, taking the time on a snowy day. I, Please, I I'm it. privileged that you all want to call and have this discussion. So it's for me to thank you. So why don't we jump in and you tell me a bit about the show you're putting on of Robert Mangold's work. Uh, the show that we're putting on <clears throat> has worked to start in 1965 and go through a past 2000. It's a, a 50, it's a 50 year plus or minus survey. And what excited us, um, because we like opportunities to take on things of artists where in a sense, the work is known, but in another way, there isn't the opportunity to focus on it, whether it be by narrowing it like Judd Stacks, for example, where there'd never been a show of Judd Stacks. There'd never been a show with more than three Judd Stacks of all of the decades and all of the Judd show retrospectives. <clears throat> for all intents and purposes, <clears throat> there's never really been a survey of this artist's work. Europe has had a few shows that cover more ground rather than less ground, but not really a, a survey, particularly for his homeland of the United States. And as I said, this show starts in 1965, where we're enormously privileged to have on loan uh, a major work from the artist, uh, which is just, we're, we're so, so proud to have that. And uh, that's, that's, the, that's the beginning. It, it follows right on top of that with a delicious work from 1966 uh, from the Guggenheim. And I believe that both of these loans, uh, unconsciously and maybe subconsciously, uh, have in mind that they, they want to support the artist. They believe the artist, obviously the artist believes it himself. <clears throat> and by enabling this show to be the best that it can be, they're helping in a nice way. They're helping themselves and their the career and letting the world really have an opportunity to, to reflect on, uh, on, on, my, on Mango. And <clears throat> amongst other things, the show shows really uh, the diversity and the uh, evolution of his paintings, because as you'll see, uh, 1965 and 66 are quite different. And as the decades go along, he, he finds different ways to ex express it, to express himself. You know, one of the things that's so interesting about him uh, as an artist is uh, his work over the years is very different. 
and yet it, it he employs many of the same elements uh, m- more than most artists he has a very sort of um constrained vocabulary that he's found a way to do so much with one thing that all of the different decades of the periods have in common is that essentially you're dealing with shaped canvases and you're dealing with irregular geometrics and it's a question of how irregular and how much, but you, you just you just don't have the typical rectangle, with 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 very few exceptions. He sneaks one one in here and now, or something or other, but that's not really that's not really what what what, he, what he's about. And to me, it, it's surprising and sort of the, the selfish good fortune of this gallery that he isn't better known, well-known, respected. I believe he's been a successful artist. Uh, I think over the years, my impression is, and that's all it is, is that Pace has done a good job of selling his his shows of the time, and he sold and placed a lot of paintings. But nevertheless, the panorama of what he's done uh, hasn't been hasn't been seen. And, uh, Could you take a second and sort of reverse that? I, I, I mean, I agree with everything you've just said. He's one of those artists who's immediately recognizable. I think everyone knows his work, uh, and yet he's not necessarily esteemed in the way um, some of his uh, contemporaries uh, are. And it, it sort of leads me to ask sort of two questions. You know, you you have a, a, a particular interest in abstraction and in post-war uh, art and have focused on some of the, um, you know, the greatest of the abstract expressionists and the, the artists who fo- followed. And you mentioned just a minute ago the, the judge show that you you did how would you fit mangled into that um you know that landscape well remember you're um, you're not talking to a, an art historian or a professor of art you're talking to somebody who loves art and believes in it and, and enjoys it so very much so his his, his language and his way of describing it um is is more a collector kind of kind of vocabulary than a, a professor kind of vocabulary. That's the vocabulary I'm looking for. We've done a lot with with minimal art, uh, whether it be Agnes Martin, uh, Bryce Martin. Years ago, we did a show of the encaustic paintings of Bryce Martin. Uh, maybe 18, 20, 18, 20 years ago. And uh, more recently, we had a, a show with Andre sprinkled with, with, with a few other piece, minimal pieces to, 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 to support the Andres and to fill, fill the universe. And it was just marvelous. I mean, to me, it was like a wonderland of, 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 of pleasure and sophistication. And so the Carl Andre floor piece and the Rothko or the de Kooning or whatever it is are very different in one way, but they're not different in, 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 in another way. And 
their, their art, which has innovation to it, totally unique, and brings great satisfaction to the viewer. And of course, I believe and tell my friends and people who visit us all the time, in my personal view, the way I have felt from my own collection, is the reason to own art is, is simply because you love it. Not because someone else decides it's important, but because you love it. And once you love it, then it, may, it pays to learn more about it and understand what it is that you love and how the particular work fits into the career and the period and everything else. But first, second, and third is I love it, I love it, I love it. Well, it also sounds like you're saying that if you love uh, Agnes Martin or are bowled over uh, by Bryce Martin uh, and want works that are sort of fit in that um, vocabulary or tone, uh, you can get a great mangold for you know a, a, a fraction of the price, as it were. It's, he's a he's certainly a more affordable artist at this moment than either of those. I I, I think that I think that is correct. We certainly didn't do this exhibition because we thought the interest and the potential prices of mangold were on the upswing. But I do have that instinct more having done it from the calls that we've been getting about people about when can we when can we see some of the works when can we hear some of the prices what's happening i i sense that there's a lot of underlying demand and something which may close that gap a, a, a little bit i mean we're not we're looking to have very fair prices compared to what has what has been the history uh, but I, I, I do think there's a little, there's an uptrend uh, in the interest in him, and uh, consequently a little somewhat in the in, in the prices. And, and where's the interest coming from in the sense of what type of collectors uh, are, are these? You know, uh, collectors who've been buying much more contemporary art and discovering, or uh, uh, mangled, and uh, uh, for what we just described, the sort of price reasons, or are they people coming from uh, a, a different uh, perspective, either from long collecting and realizing they've overlooked uh, uh, this artist? Well, you're drawing a very distinct line between two groups of collectors, and it's it, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to pin it down. But I do think that that very that new collector that you're talking about, the collector who is having the sense of discovery that I have found the next Pollock or the next Picasso or whatever, I sense that there are some of those people where this artist and this work has caught their imagination, as well as more experienced collectors who said, you know, my goodness, we, we, we missed this. We overlook it. We're glad we're getting another chance. And and who are the current owners, the, you know, the original collector base who either brought 
uh, uh, directly from uh, Pace or his gallery before the, the um, uh, you know, are I would assume the in in general they're uh, longtime collectors who were buying in the you know '90s or even ten years ago, uh, and and I assume they too, for one reason or another, are uh, now willing to sell. Uh, we, we we do not we don't have a lot of work for sale, and but it certainly is not from collectors who feel his work has matured and so will sell it. Uh, me, meaning it's it's not from people who who have sort of lost uh, uh, faith in him as an ar- ar- artist. Is, it's a... absolutely clearly no, clearly clearly no, and you know he's. When you pointed out that he's not as well known as some of other names, it's it's interesting when you get involved in this and look to what kind of loans can we look for. But a large number of very very serious museums do own Mangold. It isn't though museums as a broad category have overlooked Mangold. I mean, quite 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 a few. Uh, do own Mangold, and uh, we've had several inquiries from those who don't, saying we're looking forward to seeing this. We don't know if it's within our price point, but I think that's a general question for museums today, who I think are finding it difficult for the moment to um, uh, to they're they're they're, they're looking to. Uh, in many cases, they're they're trustees and for help because they don't have have a lot of money sitting there waiting to spend. Yes, and and though he's relatively cheap, he's the um, recent uh, year or two have been seen sales around a million dollars uh, for and his. More. Re- yeah, uh, it, uh, I wanted to ask you about the private market. I mean, you, I, we can see the um, auction sales, and and certainly I've seen a, at a number of art fairs, uh, you know, in Europe and in the United States, a couple of galleries that seem to specialize in bringing um, some large mangolds to uh, every uh, fair that they do, do. But but it's hard to know much about the private mar- market. Are are they selling for for more than a million dollars privately? Well, there are certainly pictures that have sold for more than a million dollars privately, but you know it it it, <clears throat> it works both ways. Um, so sometimes the the dealer market or the, the the dealer environment creates price. Sometimes the auction market creates price. Both ways, I might add. A, a low price at auction is for, is for a moment a little bit of a setback. But, but a high price at auction or a higher price at auction gives one of a, if, uh, uh, sort of something to look at and say, well, you know, I can see if that one sold for that there, this sort of seems to fall in line. I mean, there isn't there isn't one well, there isn't one way of measuring the pricing of artists. Uh, sure. I was more wanted to get towards one that knowing that there's there were bigger prices than we've seen, which I just don't think is very well known publicly. I, I, I think the answer is yes, but I really want to be understated about that because I want this exhibition, as well as all of our exhibitions, to be about 
an opportunity for, for education, for better understanding, and to the extent possible, staying away from the commercial side of it, which isn't what interested us or why we're doing this exhibition. Noted, and uh, that sort of leads me to ask a slightly different question then. Uh, of the bodies of work, I think you mentioned that one of the important things about this survey is you've got representative works from most of his major uh, uh, you know, stylistic bodies of, uh, of work. Is there a sense of... of you know, one taking precedence over another? Is there uh, a, you know... I, I mean, in terms of... Uh, aesthetically. Uh, forget. Let's forget the market. The market if, makes if its own the, decisions. For the moment, 77 de Koonings are on the hit parade, and they <laughs> certainly deserve to be, because some of them are absolutely brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You're as kind of asking me, is there a decade or a moment that's on the hit parade here? And, and the answer is, I, I, I'm really not sure. Okay. Yeah, that's how it was more whether there was. It seems to me, again, given his vocabulary and the way that he's uh, been able to express that vocabulary and things that are very similar but different. I mean, I, to me, the frame paintings are the ones that o always seem most memorable, but that's that's entirely just based on, you know, uh, what, what I've seen. And I was curious whether among collectors, there was a particular part of um, his body of wor work that they were... Uh, uh, drawn to? Well, I think in all artists uh, who have achieved intermediate to long-term reputation, there's a certain special respect for very early works, the works that created the beginning of that artist's career, so that whether it be Judd or uh, Chamberlain, or I mean, just to mention some of the artists who sort of surround um, this this work, this work. Early works have a certain special, uh, a certain special value. On the other hand, uh, if if you if you like them, I love those frame paintings personally. That's not to say I don't like others, but I find the frame paintings just wonderful. I'm, I'm delighted to say that we have. Uh, several of them in this exhibition, including a large one for sale and a baby one for sale, which for me is a lot of fun. Getting them at all price points. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you talked about people calling up and uh, uh, anticipating uh, the show. Is that just simply because there really hasn't been a survey? You know, everyone's uh, uh, sort of eager to see, uh, uh, you know, the horizon of uh, his work? We would, we would like to think so. I mean, you know, we, you ask a very, a very you know, uh, interesting and perspective question. One one would like to one would like to think so. Yeah, I, I ask more because I get the sense that um, you know the the market has kinds of um, uh, bottlenecks, and one of the uh, real opportunities uh, that I've seen, especially among uh, uh, you know private galleries uh, who do a lot of secondary uh, shows, has been the ability to uh, find. Um, 
a lacuna and say, here's, here's something to look at. And the response generally has been very strong uh, from, from various uh, uh, types of work uh, and all. And this struck me when, when uh, I first heard about the show that I'd seen, uh, as I mentioned earlier at the art fairs and certainly uh, bubbling up mm -hmm. through a bunch of the day sales and, uh, and all, you know, not tons of the, these mangolds, but the kinds of activity that usually gives you the sense that something's going on in a diffused way, that there's no one thing directing it. And, and it feels like this is a, is a way of um, seeding all of that and, and pulling out the interest and, and it being more of a survey than a focused uh, a show seems to sort of capture that uh, interest in Mangold uh, to me. Well, I, 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 I think so too. And it, it, it um... I'm, I'm pleased to be able to say, because it's gratifying, uh, that his gallery, Pace, with whom he's had a long and serious, and I got a very successful relationship up until including today and going forward, were very supportive of this idea. Um, you're well known for excellent exhibitions, and we're, we're happy because we think this is good for the artist. And... Uh, Sublimably, maybe it's okay for them too, but certainly because it's good for the artists, and they have been very helpful and very supportive. But we've been a little late with the uh, the advertising of, of this show because the dates have been very uncertain. And the reason the dates have been very uncertain is that two major loans, both the artist and the Guggenheim, were uncertain as to the timing of them. And they play a very important role in making this a, a real survey. They, they, they you know, they're, they're, they're linchpin pieces. And what was the cause of the um, scheduling conflict? That they were loaned somewhere else? Well, no, 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 no. In the case of the Guggenheim, the fault is all ours. We were late in asking them compared to the usual museum time that they need for things. And they really expedited it at their end, but it wasn't for a while until we knew when we would be able to get it, uh, although we had lots of cooperation. And the, the artist uh, wanted to know that and other things and what the show was going to look like. And there was just, it, it took a little up until the last minute to put the final version and the final rendition together. Therefore, we almost always have had catalogs available two days or more before a show. We won't have this catalog until 10 days or something after the opening of the show. Same, same thing. That, that raises um, a question I meant to ask er, er, earlier. Uh, sure. Well, the, actually, sort of two qu questions. The, the first one is, is there anything that either through time or other constraints, you really wish you could have put in the, the, the show that just uh, you couldn't get either an example of or a particular work? Uh, I, 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 nothing specific occur, right. occurs to me. I, I can't tell you that we have every best picture that we would ever like to have had if we had in front of us However, the number of hundreds of paintings the artist did and picked here, 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 
that wouldn't be true. But nevertheless, no, there's no specific hole that we wish we wish we had. And then the second question is: It does he hold a great deal of his work? Is he one of those artists who has a a, a lot of um, work held back? My answer is partly impression and partly what I've heard, but I don't really have firsthand knowledge. But my strong, strong impression is that he has kept very, very little work. That's why this 1965 work, I gather, is almost a wrenching experience for him, uh, to even for six weeks or whatever, to to have out out of out of his uh, his sight. Uh, so it it really is uh, one of the ones that meant the most to him that he held on to. Yes, but I think he's. Uh, I don't think. He's an artist that's, 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 I mean, I know that he isn't an artist that's kept a lot of work. Which just means that the the work is out among collectors and it's uh, a, ma- a matter of doing the um, uh, the shoe leather uh, uh, research of uh, get, getting in touch with them and, uh, you know, knowing where it all is. There, there's there's a catalog, at least of his uh, drawings and prints. Is there is there a catalog resume of his um, paintings? There are two catalog raisonnés, although they don't cover his whole career, because the second catalog, well, the second half ends in 1997. Ah, so it, but the early part of his career has been cataloged the paintings. Absolutely. Uh, Having those catalogs there certainly helps with um, uh, the market. Uh, No no question, but any exhibition is... Uh, unless uh, you're a, a museum with almost unlimited borrowing power because no one will say no to you. I remember when, I mean, we could say this about many museums, but I can remember when the, the modern was doing a retrospective on Pollock and made a great curator who unfortunately is no longer with us, Kurt Vonado, was out trying to borrow Pollock's from across the world and across the country, uh, I think they would have gotten no, no, no if it wasn't for the modern. And in the modern, they almost universally got yes, yes, yes. So borrowing is really is really a privilege and often often difficult. So to some extent, what you have in an exhibition is a result of what you can get not if you were able to pick out of however many hundreds of paintings there are the ones that you that, that you wanted. But we're pleased with the selection and the variety that we have. Oh, that's exactly why I asked, because there's always uh, not just the constraints of who uh, is willing to loan and whether it's convenient for them to loan, but also unlike some museums, you don't have unlimited space nor um, the space to show every type of work. So you have your sorts of constraints. The the point of my question was more whether, you know, there was a some element of his 
career that we weren't seeing, uh, not for lack of trying, but just weren't seeing that was worth mentioning uh, within this context of, you know, a survey of his work. You know, again, the column paintings are very interesting, but I can't remember. They're quite tall. Uh, well, uh, we have a column painting. <laughs> you shoehorned it in? It, it's, it, it, that's the last picture in the show. That's the latest of the ones, 2000 and something. And it, I, I, I personally am very drawn to it. I think it's just a very attractive work uh, uh, and successful. And, uh, I, you know, who knows what adjectives are appropriate, but to me, it's a very handsome piece. Well, that's usually a good sign with art when the, the adjectives start to fail you, that there's more going on. <laughs> well, I look forward when you're visiting. I want you specifically to be, I want to be here. I want you to look at that piece and tell me if you agree with me. I, I, I definitely will. But I mean, it's nice to feel that way about a piece that's post 2000. That's the last piece. So it isn't only looking back to, to the beginning of a career. It's saying, look, this is practically yesterday. Uh, look how different it is. And I, for one, I, it's, it's, it's quite wonderful. Well, that's, I, I, I think that's what I was trying to say er, earlier. When you look through a lot of his art, it, it is very hard to say – put him in a period if you don't know exactly if you're not well informed about him as an artist but but stylistically it's very hard to look and say oh that's an evolution of this he seems to be dealing with many of the similar questions of you know form and absence and then the color and drawing uh, and the shapes on it all throughout his career that you could, I, I think to the uninitiated put several of his works in, in front of them and they have a very hard time being able to point mm -hmm. to how it, it works, which it says to me, it's a very, you know, he's a remarkably consistent artist that way in dealing with a, a, a few problems and still finding them interesting and compelling to try and resolve. We agree. That sounds like a great place to, to stop. Terrific. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Artelligence Podcast. Visit us at artmarketmonitor.com. 